When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara. On- You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. C103. And good morning. It is a beautiful uh, morning and sunshine in many parts of the county. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. And uh, what's going to be a cold day, uh, still dry for this Thursday in Cork. Our lines are open. 1850-333-103. Bernie taking anything you want to raise in the show, comment-wise this morning or comment on. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 or tweet us on Twitter at C103Cork. And ahead on the programme, well, Garth Brooks, he's announced a third date in Crow Park. He wasn't too sure if he would perform another date when we heard from him earlier this week but he has agreed to another one because a third date has been announced and that is Sunday September the 11th next year and this is due to the huge demand for tickets this morning 175,000 people online in a queue at the moment on Ticketmaster for Garth Brook tickets and I'm not too sure if you're one of those but if you were we'd love to chat to someone who is in a queue this morning online most people are uh, for those tickets you can text or WhatsApp 86 103 and why are people being patient in a queue? What is the demand? What is the obsession here with Ireland and Garth Brooks? We'd love to chat to someone this morning on why you're willing to queue for those tickets. Also ahead on the programme, how lower income families in rural areas are one of the hardest hit with the increasing petrol and diesel prices. Now, most petrol stations going on the 170, 171, 172 price frame and it is causing a lot of upheaval for families who are now cutting back on any type of journey they have to make due to the demand and the increase in petrol and diesel prices. Your views are welcome on that. We'll chat with the AA and it goes back to more protests than we've seen uh, ever before on fuel and for a very, very long time at truckers yesterday taken to Dublin and along the motorways and even though the Gardaí uh, said that they weren't too impressed, the lack of engagement between truck drivers and the Gardaí truckers said they have to make a stand otherwise people will go hungry in this country due to the increasing fuel prices Uh, Your views are welcome. And are you one of those families who are in your household looking at the costs, budgeting and then realising you won't go to a certain place this weekend because you know it will cost you so much in petrol or diesel? 1850 333 103. Our lines are open. 
Also, we're going to hear how Irish Water have stated that they will no longer allow connections to developments no greater than one house in the Clonakilty area. It's going against what the planning process wants, but we'll discuss that this morning with uh, Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan, who is from Clonakilty on that issue. Also, why the Labour Party feels the pandemic unemployment payment should be open to new applicants who are impacted by the latest hospitality restrictions. It did close for new applicants last uh, June, but many feel now, and the Labour Party and Senator Marie Sherlock, who will speak with on the programme this morning, feels it should reopen, but other people feel there are jobs out there. We have constant adverts for shops looking for deli assistants, hotels that are open during the day looking for bar people and staff, and other shops, other retail companies looking for people to join them from all sectors of retail, and they say they are finding it hard to get staff. So when there's companies out there in shops and uh, cafes saying they can't get staff, then some will say, well, why then are we opening up the pandemic unemployment payment again for new applicants when there is jobs out there? Uh, mixed views on this, I'm sure. Your views are welcome. 1850 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 86 Also this morning, our Gardafall and pet advice from 12.30. If you have a, a pet in your household, you have a question for Jane, our resident vet. She'll be along after 12.30 offering pet advice. But I think something that's in the news this morning and all over online and the papers is the fact that the vast majority of first-time buyers now in this country buying their own home are over and well over the age of 30. And the sheer cost of homes and the difficulties for young workers with lower earnings in qualifying for a mortgage means now that new buyers are getting older in purchasing their home. All this is coming from new figures from the Banking and Payments Federation of Ireland. And seemingly in 2004, fewer than a third of first-time buyers were over the age of 30. But by the first half of this year, around 76% of new buyers were over 30. This means the share of first-time buyers in the market who are under the age of 30 has halved in the last 16 years, the banks have said. And experts say that the situation raises the risk that many will be paying off their mortgage into their 60s. But it's no surprise. I mean, I, I think this survey... Uh, and the research they've done into this isn't a shock to anybody because everybody knows that in this country, once you do hit your 20s and you leave college, you're then searching for a job. Uh, the majority of jobs, unless it, it's a, a professional, like uh, maybe a doctor, nurse, teachers, maybe, but even now going into those professions, we have heard from nurses who say the pay is so low, you know, they're going abroad to, to go nursing because the pay here is so low. So maybe one time they were considered good jobs. They are obviously a profession and a dedication uh, in your life to something like that. But at the same time, the money isn't reflective. So many people leaving the countries and on those jobs that you would think would be well paid and aren't, others then are lower again. And that's why people simply, when they leave college, get a job, the money they get then is ending up in rent because they'll have to leave home and the majority of people want to leave home anyhow to be independent. Uh, some will house share, some will rent themselves. It's all costly. House sharing, renting a room in a house, that can be as costly sometimes as if you're renting your own house in depending where you are in various areas. But rooms in house share can be 500, 600 euros just for one room. And with that in mind, you're getting paid a low amount. The money is going on rent. 
and then you can't save. So that pushes you up the scale then into your 30s. And the same thing is happening. You're trying to save by paying high rents and it goes on in a circle. So it's no surprise. I mean, then we have a situation where a lot of the people that are speaking about here, 20s and 30s, first of all, there was, and in their 40s as well, first of all, we had a recession, uh, which people lost their jobs, companies closed down, people got wage cuts, people left the country, then people came back to the country eventually. Uh, those who maybe you know missed the recession side of things, now there's a pandemic. And that's a affecting the same thing over and over in a different type of way. So, I mean, it's no surprise that this, you know, what they've come out with it's happening because in the reality it is impossible for anybody in this country to buy a home and certainly back in the 60s and 70s when parents and uh, others, grandparents were able to purchase homes it was different times, not so much anymore. It is simply impossible to get in the housing market. And I'm aware of friends of mine who are bidding at the moment for homes and, you know, they're, they're bidding over €400,000 for a house. And, and by two or three days later, it's gone from 400000 to four two five to four fifty. So just absolutely impossible. Uh, and I don't think anybody would be surprised with those figures this morning that are coming out. And that's the reality of it. We just, I think in some parts of this country we do fail a lot of our young people uh, particularly those in our 20s 30s and 40s we have failed them and that comes then as well from outside factors unfortunately that I suppose any government will struggle with uh, but some would say they could handle better the recession and indeed the pandemic which is having a huge knock-on effect then on people's lives and then there's the other side of things people just aren't settling down as fast as they used to maybe back in the 60s and 70s but overall it's a money issue and something we discussed yesterday to do with schools by the way our thoughts are welcome on that and buying a home if you have views on that get in contact with us uh, but on the primary schools we spoke with the INTO yesterday and the news was welcomed today by many schools here in Cork that antigen testing will be available now for pupils in schools nationwide from next week as schools see more and more cases and even though uh, the well Nefesh and a few more now are coming out saying that schools aren't as safe uh, even though all along they were saying they were safe and I know the education minister Norma Foley more or less said the same and we put that to the INTO yesterday who would mix views uh, on that statement but now today their views are changing but they did say they were safe all along until yesterday but the requirements now for children in schools and in primary schools that is to wear masks is expected to be discussed at the emergency meeting of Nefesh when they are meeting later today and some members of the group believe such a move would help stem the rise in infections in younger children through uh, the, the government does not know if they you know will implement this or not but it is being a requirement now from Nefesh that young children attending primary school may have to wear masks to reduce the spread of COVID in schools. Also today, of course, the government, they don't intend in introducing any new restrictions this week and NEF is still unlikely to, to recommend this to governments uh, this week. The latest figures, though, from primary school aged children, uh, they show that the highest COVID-19 incidence in any age group with some 10,000 positive cases in the past fortnight. And that's why there's a recommendation for mask wearing now for young children within primary school and uh, from the primary school age group to the over 50s and it seems now there will be no booster jabs for people aged in their 50s before Christmas. This is coming from a warning from health chiefs and while there were hopes at government level that a lockdown can be avoided 
and that is still the plan on t- the Tónis uh, Leif Varadkar did say last night and I know there was a lot of parliamentary uh, meetings last night in those he said that the COVID-19 wave appears to be plateauing at a worrying high level and the situation comes as the National Health Service is grappling on multiple fronts to do the uh, latest surge in COVID-19 with no PCR testing available in 23 counties last night and as they are scrambling within the HSC to cope with all of this we took a look this morning and in the Cork area there was just one availability that probably is gone now at this stage but there was one availability this morning for a PCR test in the Cork area and in the surrounding counties because we are aware people from uh, outer areas of the county are travelling to nearby counties to avail of a test if they can't get one here uh, well none none in Kerry none in Tipperary Waterford or Limerick this morning by way of PCR tests and uh, there was one in Cork available that possibly could be gone by now uh, that's the latest when it comes to PCR and the HSC is saying that you know they're using every available measure to deal with this situation Paul Reid was before the Health Committee uh, yesterday of course the uh, Chief Executive of the HSC and he says that they are facing acute uh, measures within hospitals to deal with this and they're really pressing ahead for the need for more uh, facilities for PCR testing but interesting this morning in the in the Times uh, Ireland Digital Edition uh, they have a story uh, just in the last uh, 30 minutes that the Defence Forces are going to fly PCR swabs to Germany uh, for laboratory testing as the health service comes under further pressure and the Air Corps, their, their crews, they're going to schedule three flights to Munich this week to reduce the testing backlog here. Uh, a similar operation was carried out on the third wave uh, when 12 flights went to Munich and that did uh, help the HSC regarding capacity. But uh, at the moment, anyhow, just in the last hour or so, it seems that the Finns forces, forces here, they are going to fly to uh, Germany with the PCR swabs that hopefully uh, will will create some alleviation to the system here. I'm not too sure whether it speed things up or not, but I know a lot of people are frustrated if they have to, you know, continue to isolate until they know they have uh, COVID or not, if they have a P and then they can't get a PCR test. So it is quite frustrating. And uh, something that we discussed last week on the show and is still coming up this week for news, and we are going to discuss this in more detail on tomorrow's show, but the National Lottery, their bosses, they could be hauled before the Doyle Committee to explain why the Lotto jackpot has not yet been won in the latter part of this year. It was actually raised in the Dáil yesterday and on Taoiseach Michal Martin he suggested that the Oireachtas Finance Committee could run the numbers on the failure of anyone to win the National Lottery jackpot in six months. Of course this all raised by the Fianna Gael TD Bernard Durkin and we're hopefully going to chat with him on the show tomorrow but still it seems now the guys that run the National Lottery could be heading for the Finance Committee to see what exactly is going on and why is there no one winning that overall jackpot. Uh, your views are welcome. Our lines are open 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 Cork today until 1 and I mentioned there a requirement for children in primary schools to wear masks is expected to be discussed today by Nefesh when they meet and a lot of people have been on by WhatsApp to say to be honest I think children in primary school will struggle to wear masks at school for a very long period of time while a teacher who is out on maternity leave tuned to the show says Hi JP I do agree and I can see why they are recommending this but I think it's going to be very hard for young children to 
keep a face mask on all day. I'm not against it, but I just feel if teachers are tuned in, they will realise some students in a cold situation, which they are in at the moment because of ventilation, will struggle to keep their jackets on when they should be left on. Not a mind, a face mask. I do think it's going to cause problems if it is recommended. Uh, Your views on if young children of primary school age uh, should be wearing face masks, a requirement now seemingly that could be brought in. It's going to be discussed today at Neffet's meeting. And I mentioned there about boosters, that there will be no boosters uh, jabs for those aged in their 50s before Christmas. It's a warning that is coming from health chiefs and someone has a WhatsApp in to say that they are 69 with underlying medical conditions and they're still waiting for a booster shot asking when. I'm not too sure where you are in the county. I know in some areas and it seems to be from the feedback we're just getting on calls and texts the Kilworth areas, Formoy, Castleton Roach, Mitchell Sound. Some people in those areas have received it uh, in City Hall and then uh, Skibbereen, Clonakilty, Bantry. Some people in those areas have also received uh, their boosters. So I'm not too sure where you were and it seems you will get a, a text from the HSC regarding this. Uh, and again, it, it seems at the moment, just on the feedback we're getting, it depends where people are living, uh, but they will be coming your way. Uh, but at the moment, if you're in your 50s, it seems they won't be coming your way before Christmas. And on the PUP, we'll discuss that on the show shortly. This is whether or not we should uh, bring and reintroduce the PUP. Of course, you know, the applications closed for this in the summer and there is a lot of jobs out there and we have cafes crying out for staff and uh, shops with deli counters crying out for staff. But still, the Labour Party feels the pandemic unemployment payment should be open to new applicants uh, because of the what's happening regarding the latest restrictions in the hospitality industry. And there's mixed views on this. Uh, but here's one from someone who says, I am in the West Cork area and I work in hospitality. I've been doing so for 22 years and the PUP payment should come back for those in hospitality as I love working in my workplace and I will find it hard to change into a new job again if I'm very honest. So that's someone who's in that current situation. Your views are welcome on 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. On the way though, we're going to hear how lower income families in rural areas are the ones hardest hit with the increasing petrol and diesel prices. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862-103-103. And the so-called impossible has happened. Well, we heard from him earlier in the week and he said it would not happen, but it has. Garth Brooks will play five concerts at Crow Park next year. The country music star, he has added three extra dates and he'll now play Crow Park on September the 9th, 10th, 11th, 15th and 16th, of course. He pulled out in 2014 of those five gigs at that stadium and the licences were only granted for three of the concerts. Well, I presume licences now have been granted for the five, but what uh, all the queuing that is going on at the moment, wasn't it? 175,000 people were queuing at one stage this morning for those Garth Brook tickets and there was an extra day at it. Well, there's five concerts now, so what was uh, what didn't happen in 2014 is going to happen in 2022. Garth Brooks will play those five concerts at Crow Park. Your views are welcome 1850-333-103 or text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. I wonder what those residents will uh, feel about that in that area. Anyhow, uh, let's move on and lower income families in rural areas are being hardest hit when it comes to the surging prices of petrol and diesel. Uh, Paddy Cummins from the AA joins me on this this morning. Good morning to you, Paddy. 
Good morning, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. And I mean, we've been hearing this from people who are cutting back now on journeys, some necessary journeys. And maybe if they go, have to go to the local town to do their weekly shop, they'll also do everything in that same journey so they can watch what they are spending on petrol. I mean, you looked at this during the week with the AA. Is this the highest you have seen it in your time with the AA recording fuel prices? Yeah, we, we've been recording fuel prices since 1991. Uh, and the previous peak was 2012, but no, we we are now at our um our, at our peak at one an average and for petrol of 172.6 cents per liter, and diesel is at 163.3 cents per liter. So what you're looking at now is for an average family who with an average family car to fill it with petrol is over 100 euros, 103 euro on average across the country. Obviously, there's prices that are higher and lower than that, but. Um, but mostly, uh, you know, if, if you're, I was driving to, to, to Middleton during the week and um, I was, dry, you know, from coming from Dublin and back and I was looking at prices that were, uh, you know, well into the hundred, you know, the, the 170s, well high into them and, and higher. So it, look, it's, you know, you can see yesterday from, from the protests, you can see that, you know, I've been talk, we've been hearing a lot from people on social media and people are, are getting, you know, kind of saying enough is enough because, we know that sixty percent of this is tax. There, there are outside factors which are causing the the price to go up, and we know that. But, but here in Ireland, two thirds of the price that we pay is tax, and, and you know there there is it is within the government's remit to alleviate the pressure, but um, there doesn't appear to be an appetite to do that. And we haven't seen fuel protests for a long time in this country. You mentioned the truckers there yesterday and it is frustrating a lot of people. But as you say, I mean, the government have the power to take away that tax. It doesn't look like they're going to do so. And they're gaining now from the high increases that we are seeing. I mean, as the tax doesn't seem to be changing and the prices go up, is it all down to the barrel of oil just increasing? And, and why is it on the increase? Well, the, I suppose the simple explanation for the, for the barrel of oil increasing is that during COVID restrictions, production dropped off a cliff. So they stopped because there was no demand for it. And at one stage it was $15 a barrel, um, but no one was buying any fuel at the time. Now, it's uh, oil production hasn't ramped up to the volume that's required. And the OPEC countries are have been slow to do so because uh, they don't want to be left with it if there's not demand. And obviously, COVID situation is not, hasn't fully remedied itself and is starting to rear its head again a little bit. Now, but what we're seeing is, is that uh, you know, we have had some news over the last 24 hours or so that America, Joe Biden's government, is going to release some oil reserves and is, is hoping to, that other big countries will do so. And they're also putting pressure on OPEC to to produce more. So what we're seeing now is it takes about two weeks for the price um, of a barrel of oil to be reflected in the pumps. So we are now seeing the peak. It reached about $86 a barrel there a couple of weeks ago. And we're now seeing that here as a result. It is going down a little bit. If there is a ramp up of oil production, it will get lower. But, it, you know, it, it still doesn't excuse the fact that uh, here there'll always be that 60-odd that percent, 60% tax. And what we know from the budget last year as well is that it's going to continue to going up. Carbon taxes increased by 750 uh, uh, per, uh, to put it to, sorry, 41 euro per tonne in the last budget. And it's going to go up by that every year. Now that put a tank of fuel up by about 150 so we can we know that that's going to increase every year upon year um, until 2029 so um you know obviously the price of oil will vary but we know that here in ireland that other taxes are just going to keep going up
And there was a discussion in the Dáil yesterday about this and on energy prices and the Taoiseach Micheál Martin, he said that from what he's hearing within the energy sector, those prices should reduce in the first few months of next year. So as you mentioned there about what is happening in the US and what OPEC are trying to do, is there any indication that fuel costs will follow the reduction in energy prices such as electricity and gas? They should do, but, uh, you know, they're not going to be at the dramatic levels that we, we need right now. And the, the, the difficulty is for, for regular people out there. Like the government are obviously pushing everyone towards electric vehicles, and that's a very noble cause. But electric vehicles at their cheapest cost 30-odd grand. That's with big incentives on them. So for the it's, this is just hurting the average motorist who maybe lives in a rural area, doesn't have a brilliant public transport option, and has to bring their kids to school or go to work or care for elderly relatives, and they're forced to use their their car. And as as you know from your listeners texting in, they're saying that it's getting tougher and tougher. So um, I, we just feel that something has to give at some stage, and there should be some pressure relieved from these people. And it's really within the government's choice to do that. And you mentioned there about rural areas and they are the hardest hit and school runs. I mean, a lot of families have been on to us this morning when we mentioned this. Many have second cars and the reason for the second car is simply for the school run and for going to shops during the day and different things that people have to do while the other person in the household is working and that can be in a city or a major town from where they live. So they're the ones that are really struggling with this. And with that in mind, I mean, is it going to move people more towards electric, do you think, at this stage? Well, I, well like, there will be a shift towards electric, but at the moment, there, there isn't a huge amount of choice in terms of second-hand models there, because the, the, the technology is still in its infancy. So it, there aren't that many lower-cost options around by moving into an electric car. The, the incentives are very good, but you're still taking you know, 10,000 euro off what is a very, very expensive car. So I, I, you know, we will get there, but it's just that there, is a, there are a few years along the way where people are going to struggle and what happens in Ireland I think we know is that if people are sort of a bit confused or a bit uh, fed up they just do nothing so we could end up just with a lot of dirtier older cars lying around because people feel that you know they can't move into the newer technology Um, but you know I I guess what we're saying is you know uh, to help people along the way there just should be a little bit of consideration for the people who, who just don't have the other option and who just have to use their car yeah, and, and there's been, I suppose, as you say, rural areas and others are the hardest hit. And because of that then, here in Ireland in general, in a place where other European countries have fantastic public transport networks, not so much here, are we one of the highest in Europe to run a car, highest cost that is to run a car in Europe here in Ireland? Yeah, we are. I guess, you know, you mentioned the, the, the options of public transport. And the, the thing is as well here is that I, I don't believe, and we don't believe that, people would voluntarily sit in traffic for the crack. You, you know, mm. people do it because they, they have to. No you know, choice. Even, yeah. even around Dublin, someone has is doing it because there isn't a viable option. Plus, we have to remember that we're, we are in, in, in a situation with COVID that is a little bit tender at the moment. So people are now a bit more hesitant. We've had survey results even going back a couple of months ago to say that people were still very, very hesitant to jump back onto public transport. And we know that you know, we're possibly facing more restrictions at some point because of the numbers. So people aren't are hesitant as well to jump out and onto trains and buses and be in close contact because they feel they're doing the right thing by doing that. So so car use isn't going away anytime soon at the moment because 
of of you know a number of factors. You know, one more of those being people are concerned about their safety. Yeah, that's true. And again, even if safety goes, and if before ever COVID came, there was a problem with the lack of public transport, whereby they don't have enough train stations or, or bus stops in many areas, and, and that was always going to be an issue for those who want to go to and from work at various hours. And, and you know, a lot of those hours would not be nine to five. Anyhow, Paddy, uh, we'll see what happens with the prices. Uh, no change for the foreseeable future, anyway. And uh, thanks for joining us this morning. No problem. Take care. Guys. That is a Paddy coming there from the AA. Your views are welcome. I mean, as he's saying, it's averaging over 170, 171, 172 for petrol and likewise for diesel at 161 to 165 in some areas. Your views are welcome. I mean, are you like the others that are contacting us, parents here who say we are now making a choice on if we go to the shop for a weekly grocery shop, what else we can do in that town to save our journeys and a lot of people looking at their second cars as well like Therese says I am looking at our second car in our household, I'm not sure will we be able to afford it at this stage if the prices continue to increase. 1850 our lines are open, you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and we're going to hear about the situation in Clonakilty regarding Irish water and and connections to the water supply in Clonakilty, it seems that they no longer will connect developments that are no greater than one house. We'll discuss that next and find out what's happening. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Irish Water have stated they will no longer allow connections to developments no greater than one house in the Clonakilty area. Fianna Fáil Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan joins me on this. Good morning to you, Christopher. Hey, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. Does this basically mean so no more new housing estates? As the impression here is one house is one too many. Yeah, and that's that's my reading of the situation as well, John Paul. Uh, this came about, I suppose, um, in recent months um, where it had came to come to my attention uh, that some applicants uh, for housing estates, um, these would be private housing estates with, with, with mixtures of social housing in there as well, the 20% um, requirement for social housing, uh, that they were turned on planning permission uh, for one reason and one reason only, and that is uh, Irish Water have disallowed uh, connection to the uh, water infrastructure and the drinking water uh, connection. So this has happened in Clannacilty. It's happened in Ross Carberry, which is served by the uh, same um, drinking system or drinking water system. Um, so this was brought to my attention, so I made uh, inquiries with Irish Water, uh, and the reason that they gave is that because um, the drinking capacity and the capacity for drinking water is stretched to such a limit uh, that they can no longer allow a connection for a development of uh, greater than one host, which is in the midst uh, of a housing crisis, in the midst of um, a situation where the government are aspiring to build uh, 33,000 houses per year. The fact that Clannacilty, which is earmarked as one of the growth towns within, the, within Cork County and one of the key growth towns, um, that we can know, and, and where there is um, zoned land uh, ready for development, that we can no longer have a house, a development bigger than one house is extraordinary because, uh, as you know, I and mean, you, you touched on it earlier in your in, in, in your intro, John Paul, the pressure um, on renters, the pressure on people to find rental accommodation, the pressure on people to um, buy houses, <clears throat> particularly in the Clannacilty area and that surrounding area, is absolutely extraordinary. And the I suppose the thing that really alarms me most, John Paul, is that when speaking to Irish Water and asking them, what the hell are you going to do about this? Their solution was, 
the long-term solution is in the region of 10 years where they um, indicate that they, um, the design will be to bring water from Inascara, I believe. But the short or the interim solution, they're calling it, um, is five to seven years. And five to seven years in the midst of a, of a housing crisis where we need the only realistic way that we can address the rental problem and um, the house ownership problem is by increasing supply. Five to seven years in the Clannacilty area for people, you know, in around my age and, and younger and, and older even, uh, who, you know, are, are desperately looking to own their own house, for example. That's, and it's also at odds at the planning enough. process because, I mean, we, we know from past experience, one-off houses was something that was not welcome and something like a housing estate would be. But now that's not possible if you can't get a supply to the water connection. And what is the overall problem with the, is it the reservoir is the problem or, or what's the situation? It's the, the EPA have uh, indicated that the maximum amount of uh, capacity uh, that they can draw from the River Argadine, which is the, the river that supplies mm-hmm. the County Kilty and the Great Area. And when I say County Kilty, you bring in um, Timaleague, Court McSherry, Ardfield, Ross Carberry, uh, up to Baylid, a whole hinterland right around County Kilty. So it's not just Clantown that's going to be impacted by this. Um, so the capacity is about 4.5 million per day. That's what the EPA have recommended. And uh, they're already in the summer months. Um, there was, you, you, you'll have known last year during the, the hot weather that there was um, warnings and instructions issued by Irish Water to cut down on water uses. And, and the kind of kill the area is always one of the most impact. But this isn't this isn't new, John Paul. This I remember back in my days in the council, um, about six or seven years ago, we had been pushing for a strategy to bring water from, um, you're familiar with Drina, John Paul, I'm sure yeah, there's a, yeah. a big lake up near Drina called Curry Lake. Uh-huh. And the solution was there, it was to bring water uh, just to augment the water supply from Curry Lake in along the, band, the, the Manway to County Kilty Road. Um, and that was seen as a solution. Irish Water, for some reason, abandoned that. They walked away from it. And now we're in a situation where they're saying that the interim solution um, is five to seven years away. So, you know, it, it's, it's not good enough. And, and you're right, we're constantly hearing from the, the planning regulator about his aspirations to have people living in towns and villages. Um, personally, by the way, I do feel that um, people should still have the right to one-off houses in rural Ireland. But if he's serious about, you know, giving people the option of living in, in towns and villages, then we have to have, have the infrastructure there. And, and on top of this, and, and what compounds this even further, is that in the county development plan that's being reviewed at the moment, this whole-scale de-zoning of land uh, going on, and Clannacilty is a place that's been impacted by that. And furthermore, you have what were known as key villages. Uh, Lissavard would be a perfect example, where which had development boundaries, which would have meant that there could be medium-density uh, housing estates, for example, happen within these villages. That's been removed. So it seems like every approach we take, um, there are obviously, in, in terms of finding a solution, uh, to the whole housing crisis and reaching those targets um, for social housing, affordable housing and private housing. The state bodies or the semi-state bodies seem to be uh, working working against us and, and that needs to change. And I brought this up um, at the parliamentary party meeting. It's obviously incredibly alarming for me, John Paul, being a County Kilty native, someone who's born and bred in County Kilty and knowing personally the people who are um, looking for rental accommodation, looking for places to deploy them. The fact that Look, we have had welcome developments in recent years. We've had um, 100 social houses, which are almost complete on, on the western side of County Kilty, which is really um, relieved pressure off the social housing list. But you also have about in and around 100 or more uh, private houses that have been built. But it's still, even at that, 
they've all been snapped up. So the, yeah, the and the thing is, there, Christopher, so I, 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 there is people who were living in the likes of Dublin City, Cork City and elsewhere in the country because of what has happened with the pandemic have realised they want to return home. They can now work from home and maybe if they have to work hybrid, just go to those offices two days a week. They want to move home. You mentioned that the, the, the development there near the miles in that area of Clonic I mean, that has provided homes for those who wish to return home. Now, that option won't be there for the others who want to do so in the future. I just want to pick up there on something you said about the summer months. I mean, the, the drainage there, I suppose, or the demand and supply for the water, would that be due to tourists in the area and more people in Clonakilty, more holiday homes in the wide area from Ross to Timberlake to Cormac? Would that be part of the reason for the summer months? Definitely. I mean, it's expected that the population of, of Clonakilty and that surrounding area increases by about 100% uh, during the summer months. Um, it, it increases significantly. And, you know, that's the whole reason that they <coughs> upgraded the wastewater treatment plant in Clonakilty, yeah. which was an issue for years and years. So they increased capacity that it could de- deal with the population in Clonakilty of about 10,000 uh, during the summer months. But also, obviously, when you um, experience uh, periods of dry weather, the capacity and the water levels in the Argadine dropped significantly. And the Argadine isn't uh, a, a massively big river. So the idea of augmenting it now from the river Bandon is the solution. And, and what I've I brought this up at the parliamentary party with the Taoiseach. He was very alarmed. He knows Clonakilty like the back of his hand. You know, he spends a lot of time with Cork McSherry and he comes to Clonakilty a lot. So he has assured me that he will um, put pressure on Irish Water to try to bring uh, a, a solution forward because um, it's absolutely imperative from a tourism point of view, from an industry point of view, from an agricultural point of view. Um, another issue that is really, I suppose, bringing this to the fore is the fact that we still, in, in 2021, and have re- re- repetitive water breaks, which you often cover on, on your show, John Paul, in places like uh, Dara, for example, uh, where Irish water are having to do a patch job, they're having to do a sticky plaster job in order to prevent water leaks. And the amount of, the volume of water being lost through leaks, if even that system was upgraded, I'm sure then that Irish water could look at, at granting planning permission uh, to houses bigger than one development. But it's, it's, it's something that... Um, you know, as a clan person and as a TD for the area, I will not stand by and and allow this to continue. This solution, um, we can't wait five to seven years. That's absolutely impossible because the demand for accommodation, the demand for rental accommodation, and the demand for housing, it's it's not going anywhere. It's it's not going anywhere. And, and as you mentioned, people are looking to move to areas like West Cork. They're they're making a life choice uh, to return home uh, in many instances. Um, but, you know, if we don't have the housing um, and we don't have the options there for them, then that, that won't happen and it'll be a, a huge missed opportunity. OK, and it can't go on for seven or ten years like Irish Water have said. Very briefly, Christopher, before I let you go, a lot of talk over the week about restrictions and while Neffet isn't recommending anything at the moment, so people are still wondering, would there be restrictions imposed? Will there not be restrictions imposed before Christmas? I mean, I, I have heard and we've have heard here to the show uh, that, and this, by the way, is very something that happens, by the way, in every political party. It isn't scaremongering by any means, but a political party outside of COVID would always ask their members, what do you think of this or what do you think of that? to get a lie of the land and I have heard that Fianna Foyle on in Dublin has put out to its members that you know what if we had a circuit break or lockdown what would be your view on that so is there talks you know of uh, an outlook for a circuit break or lockdown before well, Christmas if there, was, if, if there was if there was a circular about a circuit break or lockdown went out to Fianna Foyle members then uh, it didn't go to me um, no 
Obviously well, maybe not a circular, but maybe just a kind of a word of mouth. What will people make of it to get the lie of the land so before they make well, a decision on that? This came up at the parliamentary party meeting last night, yeah. even in the Dáil chamber, just as we were voting. Um, you know, because we're, John Paul, as you can understand, as, as backbencher TDs, we're constantly being asked by people, Christopher, what's happening here? Are we going to have further restrictions? Where are we going with Christmas? What's going to happen in the new year? Um, and it's very because we're not a cabinet and we're not privy to the details of, uh, of the briefings, it's difficult for us to get. So, you know, yesterday in in the chamber, I was asking ministers from both Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael um, of their thoughts. Obviously, they couldn't give me any definite answer, but the re- repetitive answer that I was getting, which gave me some hope for encouragement, was that they would try avoid any further restrictions at all costs. Now, indications are that the guidelines and the measures that were introduced a couple of weeks ago, they seem to be now starting to take an impact um, on the case numbers. As well as that, uh, you know, we have to look to where other countries that have done this successfully, that have dealt with this fourth, fifth wave and have got things under control. And the clear example there is Israel, where they really ramped up um, the rolling out of that booster vaccine. So the, the template is there for us to follow. And if we follow it, then we will... Um, get this uh, wave under control without any further restrictions. It's already been tough for the hospitality industry. We've seen events cancelled right throughout West Cork and these were, you know, hotels and businesses that were relying on, you know, book launches or, or other uh, events. Um, and that's that's going to be tough for them to bear. But look, it, it, there are early signs that the me- measures that we've taken now are working um, and the booster vaccine then uh, becomes key and then just that general hand hygiene, mask wearing, uh, and we we may, um, and, and my real hope is, and I don't want to mislead anybody or mislead any of your listeners, but my real hope is that we will avoid any other uh, major restrictions, you know. And okay, well, we'll have to see, I suppose. It's hard to know with something know. like this. It does change it every, every as we can see this week, every two or three days that things are changing. So we, we'll have to wait and see. But at the it moment, it does look like there's nothing. One of the events that are coming up, and I'm glad that there's no restrictions, is, is Clannock Kilty John Paul are playing in the in the county final yeah, on Sunday, yeah. uh, and I know there's a lot of people who are concerned that there might be further inter- inter- uh, restrictions introduced before that. Then there won't be. So I just want to take this opportunity to wish my hometown, my home club, uh, the best of luck in in the county final on Sunday, and good luck to all the supporters. I hope you have a great day okay. at Parky Cleave and. Um, on, uh, on Sunday I'm sure they will I'm sure they'll all be behind Holly and the lads for the moment uh, we leave it there Christopher thanks for thanks joining so us uh, that is uh, Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan uh, and your views are welcome on that situation with Irish Water which if it's happening in one town could that happen in other towns 1850 text or WhatsApp 0862103103 Cork today JP until 1 and Nick Richards along from 1 playing Cork's the greatest hits are your views are welcome our lines are open 1850 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 Coming up, we're going to be hearing why the Labour Party feels the pandemic unemployment payment should be open to new applicants, especially those who were impacted by the latest hospitality restrictions. We'll be speaking with the Labour Senator Marie Sherlock on that shortly. Also, our Garda file to come before midday. But a lot of calls and comments in on various issues we have been discussing this morning. First of all, on Garth Brooks and of course we know now there is going to be five like there was in 2014, but it didn't go ahead but five uh, concerts for Garth Brooks in Crow Park and a lot of people including John saying why is Dublin getting all the Garth Brooks concerts why not Cork or Limerick or Galway 
uh, get a look in here where are they all going to one location and that is true because Ed Sheeran is playing next year also and he is going to a number of venues right across the country uh, from Belfast to Cork uh, to other locations so you'd wonder why I'm not too sure is it something they just agreed on is it easier for them all the dates are together so does it work in favour of Garth Brooks and his team that they can just set up in Crow Park and leave everything there then for the five days without packing up and travelling to other parts of the country I'm not too sure how that all works but uh, it is all in Dublin for some reason uh, Pat though in Formoy has a different view uh, Pat or was a fan of Garth Brooks but Pat says he let us all down 14 years ago when he cancelled the two concerts and then of course it went on for more than, than two to five eventually people had taken time off to go and indeed had hotels booked in 2014 and they had no comeback on those hotels. I suppose some people would have cancelled the lost money and some people might have just uh, gone anyhow for the day or weekend if they weren't going to get a refund. But Pat says they now have stopped ticket touts on these concerts but the hotels can gouge people which is the same thing. Pat says it is hotel gouging and that should be made illegal uh, says Pat. And yeah, I mean we were looking at the hotels and the prices and it was reported in papers yesterday as well that hotel prices for those dates that Garth Brooks plays Dublin have increased uh, hotels is it over 300 euros for uh, a room in a hotel or more uh, on those dates and it is more costly than it would be before he was due to play Dublin so yeah there is um, increases in hotel prices for those dates which always happens of course when there's a big name in town and then on the lotto and this is coming from how the national lottery bosses could be hauled before a doll committee to explain while the lotto jackpot has not been won in half a year well Jim on this says would the lotto consider decreasing the amount of numbers now that it hasn't been won for so long as they increased the numbers before saying it was being won too often that is something uh, that was proposed by the Fine Gael TD Bernard Durkin who were due to speak with on the show tomorrow on that and he wants them to reduce the numbers so we'll see if they will do that unlikely uh, while John says I think they are not putting all the balls in the drum it should be seen live on the night of the draw we should all see everything that goes into that drum it comes out prepared, uh, fields John, while Elner says they should not have privatised the lotto in the first place. When it was privatised, of course a private company wants to make money out of it. So while all these TDs are jumping up and down and on about bringing them before an Oireachtas committee, think back, you were the ones that decided to sell off the national lottery. And if it goes to a private company like it does, well, then you end up in a situation like this. A bit too late to cry now, uh, says Eleanor on 1850-333-103. Or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And shortly as we are speaking about the pandemic unemployment payment or the PUP, and should it be reopened to new applicants? Here's just a few people uh, who are finding it hard to get jobs at the moment. And Joe in Mallow says, Hi JP, when you join an agency to find a job and they get you a contract position for six months, after you finish the contract, the employers are not giving you a reference telling you you have to get one from the agency. Now my thing is a future employee would or a future employer would want a reference from people who you worked with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, they then can tell your timekeeping, your work ethic, etc. And the agency will ring you once or twice if you're lucky to ask how are you doing. I think it's very unfair of any contract employers not to provide a reference. Has this happened to anyone else? Joe in Mallow, so were you in Joe's situation? And even though you were working for a company via an agency, you could not get the 
actual reference from the company you were working in. It was the agency had to give you the reference and Joe and I'm sure people would agree those you work with will know you better than anybody that you don't see in there or that is in a different building than you. Uh, Joe and Mallow on text to 0862103103 was anybody else in a similar situation to her? And why then some listeners are saying, why would we open up the PUP? Because there are so many jobs out there. For example, uh, we, we know from shops locally who are looking for deli staff, cafes crying out for staff. And some people are saying, well, why are they, you know, want this PUP reopened when there is obviously jobs out there? And uh, WhatsApp here is saying, can you, JP, tell me then why can I not get a job since last October? Can't even get a job in the town I live in. I lost my little part-time job over the virus. 467 jobs I have answered since October 2020. Three interviews only and of course no job, uh, says that person on WhatsApp and I don't know what sector you're working in Um, and obviously maybe when you say a part-time job you're looking for a part-time work so uh, maybe if you want to let us know the town you were working in, maybe we can see if there's anybody out there can help out and maybe know somebody or know companies that are hiring and looking for uh, part-time staff. Um, or full-time staff, but it was part-time that, that you were looking for. So if anybody can, if you can come back to us with a town and we'll see if, if anybody knows uh, of an area where maybe they're aware of a job or, or jobs that are available in your area that might be able to help out. Uh, and it is, some people are in that situation as well where they're applying, applying, applying and, you know, you get the rejection letters which can be disheartening as well on a person and can knock your confidence. And then with everything and the shortage we're hearing of items for Christmas, well, this texter says, Morning JP, I'm sick of government blaming everything on COVID-19 because it is here to stay. We have to learn to live with it and I heard the other day and we discussed this on the show about the shortage of Christmas trees this year and this was due to the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. I mean, what a joke. People need to wake up to all these multinationals and governments uh, says that texter. Uh, so I presume you mean the governments need to tackle, is it, the multinationals on what they are doing now that, I mean, that was, a, a, I suppose, a freak situation that that ship got stuck but it is a cause for a lot of the shortages that we are seeing at the moment but then other causes are to do with what has happened with Brexit and customs and delays with their as well so uh, there is a knock and effect with everything um, and thank you for your text to 0862103103 Eileen is in McCroom and this is to do with the booster the person on WhatsApp earlier and this might be an idea for that person that you can always of course and we did speak with Weedle's Pharmacy in Mallow last week you can always go along and book into your local chemist or pharmacy and that's what Eileen in McCroom has done because she said she is getting her booster at our local chemist today. You have to be over five months since your last jab and you don't have to wait to be called. Just get in touch with them and make your appointment. So for that person on WhatsApp, of course, you could do that. Get in contact with your local pharmacy chemist in the area. Ring around to see who is offering this and they hopefully could fit you in for that booster in case you feel you're waiting too long uh, for the HSE text. And here's something then. A lot of people are walking and have taken up walking in the last while and I'm not too sure have you come across uh, this when you are walking but Miriam in Bandon she goes walking most nights and most evenings around the Bandon area but she finds younger people very disrespectful to older people she says she has to step off the footpath to let the young people pass 
there is no respect anymore for the elderly, uh, feels Miriam in Bandon. Have people noticed this? I mean, usually we would have got this years ago on, you know, for the buses or trains and people not getting up to let others sit down. Uh, but as more and more people are walking these days, have you found that where you are, that you are walking along and there's no respect for anybody? But in Miriam's case, she feels the elderly, that she's the one that has to step off the footpath onto the roadway to let people who are of a younger age walk on the footpath. Uh, your views are welcome on that. Uh, to Bernie and 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And on the same number, if you can help Mary, because Mary wants to know, does anybody out there know where she could buy Savalon liquid antiseptic? She has tried everywhere to get this but it's impossible. So can we help Mary out on that one? Savlon Liquid Antiseptic. Anybody know where you can purchase that for Mary? And we'll see if we can help her out on that one. On the way, we will discuss, though, the issue. And should the PUP be reinstated? C103 Jobs. On today's job spot, we have opportunities which include qualified mechanic wanted for the McCroom area. Contact Philip on 87 Caulfield's Super Value in Bandon. They require sales assistance for permanent and seasonal positions. You can email your CV to vacancies at caulfields.com. And a mini bus driver is wanted for school runs in the Charleville area. Contact John on 087-215-4385. You'll find these job opportunities and more now on Online, go to c103.ie forward slash job. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. The Labour Party says the pandemic unemployment payment should be open to new applicants who are impacted by the latest hospitality restrictions. Labour's employment spokesperson is Senator Marie Sherlock and she joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Marie. Good morning, John Paul. Good morning to all your listeners. <laughs> This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Thanks for joining us. Now, the Cabinet Economic Recovery Committee, they agreed not to reduce the wage subsidy scheme, but they have said new applicants won't be eligible then for the PUP, and you feel this is wrong. Well, I think the first thing to say, John Paul, is that, you know, unfortunately, we now find ourselves in a situation where restrictions have been reimposed on the nighttime economy. And I think it's an understatement to say that many are gauchish with regards to the... um, the, 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 the reimposition of restrictions, particularly the bringing forward of, of the closing time hours. However, you know, it, it is an absolute imperative now that government supports livelihoods and workers. And there was a certain irony last Tuesday when the announcement was made that on the same day that the uh, closing times were brought forward for nightclubs and late night bars, we also saw the pub payment cut yet again to €250. And I think there's a very serious issue now about uh, the failure to reopen the pub payment to new applicants has been closed to new applicants since the 7th of July and the rate at which we're paid, the rate at which the pub payment is paid. There's a real issue with regards to the respect and dignity we are affording now to those who are inevitably going to lose their jobs um, because of the the, the, the reimposed restrictions. And, and there has to be a question asked, you know, like is then are we really saying to a DJ, a musician, a bouncer, that they should just go and get a, a job in a cafe? Because that has been the message of government ministers repeatedly over the last week, that there is labour shortages in the economy. And, OK, you lose your job in one sector, but you can get, your jo- get a, a job somewhere else. And that's simply not good enough. It was Minister Heather Humphreys was one of those ministers who did say that, that there is jobs out there and they can get a job elsewhere. So you feel what she has said is disrespectful. But can you really understand then maybe where the government's coming from? I mean, the monetary situation, there's been so much money paid out for the last two years just on COVID payments. Maybe the money isn't there. And if they're looking at the budgets and they see jobs advertised elsewhere, can you see where they're coming from them in that situation? Well, I think there's two things there. Firstly, if if there is uh, if an employer is having difficulty trying to recruit staff members, then I think there has to be a question asked: Well, how much is the is the employer willing to pay? What what is the structure of work, the rostering uh, within within that particular workplace? And I think that that question does need to be asked, particularly hospitality employers at this point in time. And to be fair, I know some hospitality employers have had to increase their rates of pay in order to attract people to take up jobs within the within their workplaces. But the second issue is uh, with regards to the cost of the pandemic. And undoubtedly, the state has had to spend billions in uh, pandemic supports over the last um, uh, 18 to 20 months. But the reality also is, is that the Irish public finances are in a very healthy position. And we're very fortunate that that is the case. You know, this year alone, because of the corporate tax uh, returns, the uh, expected deficit was seven billion less than what was projected. You know, we're, we're, the, 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 the National Treasury Management Agency has been able to borrow €17.5 billion Euros this year at some of the, the, the lowest uh, rates on record that the state has ever borrowed at, and that there is very large cash reserves of the state at the moment. So when we look at the public finances and what the government uh, has available to it with regards to tax revenues and the ability to borrow at historically low levels, 
then is you know that that we really need to put in context that you know money does need to be put uh, into supporting people's livelihoods into their lives and recognizing their skills and the years of experience that they have accumulated in their sector uh, and, and a strong message needs to go out that people need to be supported through this very very difficult winter uh, and hopefully we'll be in a better place into the spring in terms of coming out of this pandemic and by the way those bells in the background for listeners you're joining us live from Linster House so they are the dial or Chanel bells ringing but apologies you're okay there there's mixed views here on this PUP payment as you would imagine because there's people who are working in hospitality and one person has texted in and I can really understand where this person is coming from they're 22 years working in what I take from this the same same workplace and they're used to the people they work with and used to the workplace for them to go to a new workplace then they find they'd find it very hard basically to change everything that they're used to and dealing with you know new colleagues and younger colleagues but then you have people saying look do you not accept there is jobs out there in industries similar to those in hospitality such as delis and and others and people have to make a change well they have to make a change because callers here are saying we can't keep subsidising people if the country is going to end up paying a high debt which we have a, a high national debt at the moment and for example McDonald's and Formoy they've come up publicly and said they're really struggling uh, to hire staff so you know, you can see the, the both sides of the story, but you can sure, see here yeah, from no, the I, others I, who were who were saying, "Why do we have to keep subsidising everybody?" And and, and 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 you know, and that's a very fair and legitimate question. But the, but but I suppose what I would say to people as well: Do they really expect that these restrictions are going to be permanent? Like ultimately, we're all very much hoping. I would think anyway that these restrictions are for a temporary period of time uh, until such time as the COVID numbers. Uh, and and the the, the 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 pressure on our hospital system uh, reduces. So so this is not about a permanent subsidy to people. This is about ensuring that those who have acquired skills and years of experience uh, w- within certain sectors, in particular the nighttime economy, that they are recognised and respected, and that and and that we get them through this difficult period. And do you feel then, as we're looking through this difficult period and we're looking ahead to winter, as you mentioned, and people at the moment won't be able to avail of PUP payments, do you feel so that it is just disrespectful to those who are unable to get the payment that they are being asked now to, as you say, a DJ in a nightclub to work in the likes of a, a cafe or work in McDonald's? Uh, that, that's, that's your final message? Because it doesn't look like the government are going to back down on this or, or change this anytime soon. No, it doesn't look like the government are going to back down, but obviously our very clear call is that they should. Um, and, 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 you know, and I'm, every day I've had uh, people working in the nighttime economy, musicians, nightclub operators, making contact with me and saying that they feel that there has been a failure to properly engage with the sector. You know, I suppose what, what uh, you know, is probably most frustrating about all this is that you know, the attitude towards the sector has been so poor for such a period of time now. We saw the roller coaster that took place the week coming up to the 22nd of October, where the sector was told it was going to open, then it was told it wasn't going to properly reopen, then the, 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 the one-hour rule was introduced. And, 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 and all throughout that time, there has been a failure of, of clarity and certainty for, 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 for the sector. And, and, and importantly, to... to, to to contingency plan because of course you know there's no certainty with regards to the COVID numbers but 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 the, but it is possible to put in place a plan A, a plan B and a plan C based on what the COVID numbers are at the time and there's been a failure to do that for that sector. So I think we really have to ask ourselves now as a, as a country are we supporting these workers as much as we can and I believe we're not.
Okay, well, we'll wait and see what does happen. I mean, I suppose they could say if we extend it to the spring, then are we in this situation in the spring and do they uh, extend it further? Uh, but uh, we'll wait and see if there will be any change in this. I mean, are you, are you hopeful that they will listen to you on this one or do you think they're set in stone that they just simply will not change anything or extend this to the spring as you would like? Well, we in the Labour Party will continue to make the call mm. that, um, that that the pub payment needs to be looked at, as indeed supports to businesses. Like, as in, I have businesses saying to me, you know, um, that that we need to look again at the race waiver, and I think that certainly does need to be looked at, um, or, or the, the possibility of a new race waiver. So I, I think, you know, everything has to be on the table. Look, did, did any of us seriously think that with uh, nearly 95% of the population vaccinated uh, and 20 months into the pandemic, that we would be having this conversation again. We didn't. But we have to live in the, in, 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 with the reality that we are faced with. And, and, and as I said earlier, you know, the public finances are there to be able to support people through the fiscal period. And that's what needs to happen now, now happen. OK, Marie, well, thanks for joining us this morning on that. Uh, that is Senator Marie Sherlock and mixed views, very mixed views on the pandemic unemployment payments should it be reinstated for new applicants. Your views are welcome. 1850 Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Love to hear from people who were in that situation who have now maybe lost their jobs due to the changes with the nighttime economy and indeed hospitality over the last number of weeks. I know a few people have been in touch and they feel it should be because why should they start from scratch again I suppose in a new workplace and then maybe have to leave that workplace and go back to their old workplace when it reopens says Amanda on text to 0862103103 but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that mixed views on this one uh, you can always tweet us at C103 Cork Cork today on C103 call Patricia with your comment 1850 and in relation to the reinstallation of the PUP Adam is in North Cork and I know we had a few calls earlier from people who said they found it impossible uh, to get a reference and when they did it was the agency they went through was giving them the reference and they could not get it from their employer and they wanted to know was there others out there like that or in that situation well Adam says in relation to this and agency work when I am looking for a reference in my experience I have always asked the organisation I worked in rather than my official employer which would be the agency it's up to the individual and the people you may work with and by the way he's in healthcare so thank you Adam in North Cork for that so for that person inquiring maybe just simply the company you were physically in ask them for a reference rather than going through the agency all the time the day you're in the office or your last day in the office explain that you feel that they saw you working every day in and out of the office and that they would know you better than the agency would so could they give you a reference Adam's done that and it's worked for him uh, so hopefully that will work for you on Unpost uh, we have a number of people on to us regarding Unpost and this simply I, I, these texts I presume you're waiting on items to come from the UK and because we've had a lot of queries about this, a texter here is saying, I'm just wondering, are any of your listeners in the same position as I am with waiting for packages with Unpost? It seems they are taking forever to arrive and we haven't reached the Christmas rush yet. The whole system this person feels is ill-equipped to deal with the deliveries and they want a more efficient way of dealing with this. So I do presume you're waiting on items to come from the UK and we have dealt with this on the show numerous times and this is due 
due to everything with custom checks and what's happening is people that purchase items and if you're doing it online or from a shop I'm not too sure what you're waiting for or even by family members posting items I know we had a lady in Clonakilty about a month ago they were posting wedding invitations from the UK to Ireland and it took was it over a month and a half for one item to arrive they got one batch of them a week later but the other batch took a month and a half and that's got to do with customs some uh, customs are taken in and checked and that is the delay and it's all to do with Brexit and the UK now being outside uh, the European Union but uh, if it is if that is the situation and it is from the UK uh, there's also uh, if it's online shopping aware a situation whereby people are on sites that if they're not one of the bigger sites when it gets to customs in the UK the calculation isn't on the package and the package then has to go through a process and that is what is leading to delays then Uh, and by the time it gets into Ireland it could be two or three weeks behind when it actually left its destination in the UK so if it's UK uh, post you were speaking about and getting stuff from the UK to Ireland that is one of the reasons why Uh, not really an Irish situation or an Irish problem it's to do with Brexit and because they're outside the EU as I mentioned uh, that is the delay for that so hopefully that uh, answers that question if it is in relation to packages you're awaiting from uh, the UK and I, I'm not too sure if anybody can help Joan with this and I know we have a lot of taxi drivers in the Mallow area who listen so they might be able to help out and Joan says JP can you find out why it's impossible to get a taxi in Mallow after 7pm in the evening I have called three different numbers last evening no reply and there was no cabs on the taxi rank either why is this uh, says Joan if anybody can help us out on that any taxi drivers in the know uh, let us know why according to Joan anyhow maybe it's just extra busy in the evening I'm not too sure, but Joan could not get a taxi uh, in the evenings in Mallow after seven o'clock. And then back to the PUP situation and the jobs situation. And while people can understand if you're in a company a long, long time, it's very hard to change and start out again in a newer company and a newer way of doing things. Uh, a texter here is saying, John Paul, I have run out of fingers to keep up and count how many jobs a family member has had in the recent past. This person went from working in a nursing home to retail stores to a jewellery store and they didn't say there's no jobs out there uh, says that texter and we also had Miriam from Bandon on a while ago and Miriam was asking people if they felt some not all but some younger people were disrespectful towards the elderly when out walking in the evenings on footpaths and uh, mixed response on this first of all Joe says yeah some can but not young any age Joe feels people of all ages are just disrespectful on footpaths and expect the person walking towards them to get off the footpath and I've come across that from people aged 16 to 60 uh, says Joe while another texter says JP as regards disrespect towards the elderly I have to step out onto the road to avoid a man with two dogs now I'm in my 70s I gave him a chance to step out of my way but that was not happening says that texter while Irene says I do agree that there is a disrespect when it comes to footpaths at the moment I don't think it's towards the young I think all ages though are guilty of this and Liam says I am young I am in my early 20s and I think it's wrong to blame young people for this some might but you can't tarnish everybody the same if I see anybody on the footpath I will step off to give them a chance especially if they I feel they are older Uh, but at the same time 
time it is wrong to point the finger at one generation. Uh, if there's a problem in society, uh, people always just seem to attack the young. Uh, says Liam on text to 0862103103. And yesterday we were discussing situations to do with farming and production and food production in this country. And here's something that is interesting that I came across in the Irish Times. It's Irish farmers, the ability to grow the potato crops could be affected. And it goes back to what we were speaking about with Unpost. It is due to the Brexit ban on importing seed potatoes from Britain uh, into Ireland. And the government have warned on this because in a letter that was sent to the Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McCongle, the Scottish seed potato producer, John K. Lind, they asked if politicians had forgotten the famine, as he outlined the devastation that diseases can have on crops. And in the absence of a major domestic seed producer and a seed potato industry here in Ireland, Irish farmers usually source much of the seed potatoes they use from Scotland. And the climate there in Scotland aids the growth of disease-free seed potatoes. But because of Brexit, it means that seed potatoes can no longer be exported from Britain to the European Union as the Regulations are not aligned and now there has been concern among Irish farmers that bringing in more continental seed potatoes could risk the increase of bringing and importing diseases such as brown rot uh, which present in some European countries here into Ireland. Now the situation is being looked at uh, and it's been described at the moment as a weak decision by both countries to let this happen uh, but they are looking into this at the moment and they said it could you know, ruin the Irish potato industry if they don't solve or don't get a, a clear resolution to this but at the moment it seems it could have an effect because of, of Brexit. They can't import seed potatoes from Britain to Ireland so we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens with that? 1850 it kind of ties in with the unpost situation, doesn't it? Uh, you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Now, we'll go to our Garda file after midday as uh, Garda Shikona are busy at the moment. We'll go to them after midday. But we had a few calls in uh, earlier on in the week. This was to do with bus stops in Granada and in New Two Pot House. And there was queries on if the bus stops would uh, be put back, I suppose, as it was over the years there in those locations and it was promised earlier this year that they would uh, be looked at and be put back. We did contact uh, Bus Aaron uh, Expressway are running the Court of Galway service on that route and they said from the 5th of December uh, there would be bus stops reintroduced in both Granada and in New Two Pot House. Well, uh, when we mentioned that yesterday, Councillor Liam Madden has been working on this with Expressway and he joins me because he's been lobbying for years to get a bus stop at those locations. Good morning to you, Liam. Good morning, Jennifer. And thanks for joining us on this. Now, while Bus Aaron have said to us that from the Sunday, the 5th of December, they reckon the Expressway route will be able to stop Akrana and New Two Pot House, you feel that the National Transport Authority, uh, they have agreed this at the moment in principle, but it's not over the line yet. Um, I, I suppose the first thing on that was the, the, the NTA, I suppose, um, in principle, were going to allow stops in both places, uh, but they they had to have get everyone on board the county council was here and everyone. So, um, I suppose most of the process is nearly finished now. I suppose, um, um, when I mean by nearly finished, I suppose, um, the exact stops in in, in Tupper House, I suppose, is where exactly is it going to stop? Um, 
Grin. It's very clear because there is an existing stop there on the main in 20 going to Cork and coming from Cork. So that is very clear, I suppose. New to what house used to be by the old post office there, um, but the preferred there would be on the N20 uh, coming from Mallow and, and coming from Butterland on the N20 as well. So that's what the council is obviously looking at as well to work that out, you know. But the, the big thing on it, I suppose, is that I suppose there has been, I've been loving for nearly two years, I suppose, COVID has been a huge thing on it. I'm trying to, but I suppose, you know, getting everyone on the same page and I, everyone is on the same page now. And I suppose it, there'll be, to be all announced, I think, next week, really. But at present, they're talking about 14 daily services, and, a, and which is a fantastic achievement. Um, and that would be uh, from Cork. Um, and then you're talking that will go into Shannon as well, you know, so it will benefit people if people are going to the airport, it will benefit students. To, I suppose the whole community there, if you look in New Tupper House, going over to Ballyclaw, over to Donrell, will now have access um, to, I suppose, a proper bus service, whereas all along, I suppose, what they had was only um, a bus very only a couple of times a week, which was, I suppose, heavily used in, you know, but mm. when you have more frequent service to be used better, you know. Totally. And the, as you mentioned, Granat's very outlines for the bus stop is, is yeah. there going to be new works in New Tupot House for the bus stop or, or is it going to just stop in, in existing locations or what's going to happen? Well, the, the, that's where we, we, we're, we're trying to clarify at present um, because the, the old one, you, you have to come off the entry, yeah. but I, I reckon that there is adequate space on both sides and, and that's what Cork County Council are looking at at present and because if you have to come off it, it's going to take longer um, and I mean, I mean that's so Not that, ideal for an expressway service I'm sure they won't want that will it mean they have to construct a new bus stop? No I am. I mean there's 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 a lot of space and when what House was done there a few years ago when they'd done all camming measures there it, and there's lights and all there which is very important so there's lights there for the kids to cross for the school which um, that's a huge benefit, and there's parking, there's parking on both sides as well, and there's a restaurant there, so there's there's ample parking, and there's there's for pull-in spaces and all. It's all marked out there already for cars and everything. So it's it's um it's not just the space isn't there, you know. It's it's just a matter of outlining it. I'd say where yeah. exactly it will be, but um, is there it, bus signs? So the the bus signs will have to yet to be erected, saying it's a bus stop. Yeah, they will. Yeah. They will. Yeah, they will. Yeah, and and. Look, the timetable they will issue and everything. Um, it, look, it's it's all coming very quick now, and and they are going to do a promotion on it as well, bus here, and then all that will be coming out next week on it, and they'll be doing that with the communities as well. So, yeah. well, they have less and, than two weeks anyway, I think, to get this yeah, in order. It, so, hopefully, they will have the bus stop in situ by the fifth yeah. of December. Uh, Liam, thanks for updating us on that, and uh, good Great, to hear that has been resolved uh, this morning. Great, thanks. Thanks, Thanks. that is Liam Madden there joining us on that. So good news, it is going to go ahead, even though they were worried about the bus stop. uh, And as Expressway said, the Sunday, December the 5th is to go ahead. And it now looks like they will have those new stops, hopefully anyway, all going well. A new two-pot house, not the older one that would take them off the road, but the the new ones will be on uh, the N20. Uh, That will solve that issue we had earlier on in the week there for the new two-pot house area. As as he said, the Granada ones are are clearly marked. Uh, A lot of calls in regarding water, and we spoke about 
water earlier in Clonakilty. Well, this is water in Buttevant and the Donrell area. No water there. The reason we contacted Irish Water and there's a burst water main and disruptions will affect the Buttevant and Donrell areas today until four o'clock. And I have a text in here as well from McCroom. And unfortunately, a boil water notice still in place in McCroom. Been in place for a long time now, since the 20th of October. And it will remain in place for another while because uh, they are working on this, but no resolution as yet. And the boil water notice serves McCroom Town, uh, Codrum, Massey Town, Kilnagartine, Cooleyhan, Coolcower, Carrigadrohid, Ballinagree, and surrounding areas of McCroom. So for that texter in McCroom, yes, that boil water notice remains in place for the McCroom area. Our lines are open 1850 333 103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. We'll have our Gardafile after midday. And also, if there's a pet in your house you have a question or a concern about for our vet Jane, get those into us as well on those numbers. A lot of calls into us over the last while uh, this morning on jobs and people looking to get a reference. Now, it all started with the PUP. And we'll discuss that shortly because you would have heard that again. A very live discussion this morning, an update on that on our news there with Barry at 12. But on the job references, and maybe this goes back to the actual person you just physically go up to in the office and ask for a reference. Some people are very good and have common sense. Others in the workplace, unfortunately, sometimes, or maybe I shouldn't say unfortunately, but sometimes they're all about uh, who's above them and who can they impress and they should be ticking all the correct boxes because uh, most places will give you a reference. But if you are going through an agency, it seems you have to get that reference from an agency. But from what we're hearing here this morning, it does go down to the person you ask because Adam, who works in the healthcare side of things, was on to us and Adam was saying he was going through an agency, but he asked his employer the place he was working physically in every day for the reference and they gave him the reference. Uh, Irene also on saying yes I too asked my boss within the place I was working in not the agency and he gave it to me but I do know a friend of mine who was in a similar uh, situation and their boss said no you have to go through the agency so it looks like it's it's up to the individual but anyhow here's another story from John in Buttevant um, it was sparked off by an earlier whatsapper who was asking if others weren't this situation and they are a lot of people are in this situation John says he has just finished an agency contract with one of the well-known banks and I worked there for nearly two years and they will not provide me with a reference apparently they only provide these for permanent staff and not agency workers I have been told to speak with the agency this is very unfair and my managers in the bank know me better than the agency says John in Buttevant and I wonder then is it that the, the managers in the bank do they feed back info to the agency and the reference the agency would give would that be accurate or as everybody is saying the person you work with and the person that sees you in the building is the best to give a reference and I think most would agree with that and then as you mentioned there John uh, you were working for a well-known bank you have the situation in the corporate world that everything has to go through a central HR uh, or recruitment area within the company and regardless of if that person would love to give you a reference it would still have to come on head of paper with reference numbers from that department and the boss would submit to the HR department what he thinks of you and then they would put together the reference. That can happen then for bigger companies which then has a knock-on effect for people like John. Uh, but for him, again, told he has to go through an agency. Uh, Kieran says, Hi JP, yes, I was in a similar situation, worked in a financial company. I loved my time there. I got on really well but when it came to getting a reference I was told that it would have to go through and the agency I was working for. Uh, the manager... 
I then asked could he not put something together himself and he said no because it would for him it would ha- have to go through HR and he could not simply write one for him and he said the best advice is to go through the agency so Kieran did but he felt he would have got a better reference if his boss gave it to him as the agency Kieran felt wrote a nice reference but did not know exactly what Kieran did and what he put the time he put in within the office and the overtime he put in the extra hours he put in and the commitment he gave it was a basic enough reference and he feels it could affect his future employment Kieran thank you for that so a lot of mixed views on the reference situation and then from the references to the PUP and we spoke there with Senator Marie Sherlock of, uh, just before uh, midday uh, regarding the situation on the PUP and you would have heard there on news uh, while the Labour Party are hoping because she's a Labour senator that the PUP would reopen to new applicants and that was the discussion this morning uh, the government has said no no plans to reopen it to new applicants and Heather Humphreys the minister is very uh, strong on this and she says there's no uh, sign to this ever reopening for the moment Uh, even though the Labour Party are calling for this to happen and there's a lot of people working in hospitality who feel it should reopen but then other people say it should not Uh, for example John says it's hard to disagree with the government on this one I don't ever agree with them but on this one when you mentioned that McDonald's in Formoy were looking for staff I know of a cafe owner a friend of mine who simply cannot get staff as people won't work the long hours or do indeed the hard graft anymore uh, his friend feels so uh, John saying for once I agree with the government there is jobs out there and I know it's hard to change from a company you've worked for years but people will have to suck it up we can't subsidise people forever uh, says John and then on the other side of that of somebody on WhatsApp saying I work in the hospitality sector and I'm in the same job for 30 years. How am I supposed to get used to a new sector on the hospitality and new people? It's not good enough and not give the PUP payment to those in the hospitality sector again is not fair on people. We need the PUP payment for support in our hospitality sector. So mixed views there uh, on the PUP government adamant even though I know we were speaking to uh, Senator Marie Sherlock a while ago she was hoping uh, there could be a mind change in this and they would keep fighting anyhow she said for this but just literally in the last 15 minutes when we finished that interview uh, with uh, Senator Sherlock the government again uh, speaking in the Doyle uh, have come out and said no they're not and they have no plans to reopen the pandemic unemployment payments that news are just coming in within the last uh, 30 minutes uh, your views are welcome 1850 333 103 text or whatsapp 0862103103 and I was mentioning there uh, just before uh, as well about this situation on Brexit that it came from on post where people were wondering why was their packaging delayed with on post and when we track this pack most of the packaging is coming from the UK and it's got to do with customs and Brexit and the correct markings from companies not being on the packaging which is leading to delays Uh, well on this then we were hearing more from the farming community about potato crops and how indeed now uh, the ability to grow potato crops here in this country could be hindered due to the fact that uh, under new regulations because again of Brexit uh, we can't send or we can't import seed potatoes from the UK and we usually get them from Scotland and Anne says on text, Hi John Paul and Bernie, why do we have to import Plato seeds from any other country? Can't we produce the necessary seeds ourselves like has been done here for centuries? Well, seemingly for the last number of years we haven't. We've always, and I wasn't aware of this, but we always do 
I would have thought your lines then as well but we seemingly we are always importing seed potatoes uh, from Scotland and that's where they have come from but because of Brexit we can no longer uh, import them uh, and that is hopefully being looked at but regulations are not aligned as yet so we can't do it and now farmers are concerned that if they bring them in from other European countries we also could import diseases such as brown rot but uh, yeah I'm not too sure why uh, we uh, can't uh, do that ourselves here in this country one of the reasons I know is because we uh, don't of any major um, industry, domestic industry here uh, in that frame, in the potato industry that, that produces the seeds. So uh, that could be one of the reasons that was mentioned. Anyhow, um, if anybody is in the know, let us know. And here's something from Heidi. I'm not too sure how people feel of this. Heidi says, uh, good morning, JP. Have you seen this new advert? I really think it's a step too far by this woke groups. Why are they doing this? Because can they not let Christmas be what we remember it for? Why do this to the kiddies fairy tale to think that Mother Christmas may have lost her hobby? Can't they leave anything alone? Uh, says Heidi. What Heidi is referring to is a Norwegian Christmas advert that shows Santa getting a boyfriend and has prompted both widespread praise and a lot of tearful reactions. The commercial is for Norway's postal service Posten and it shows the relationship developing between the two men over a number of years. But Heidi's uh, argument is could they not leave the stories alone she feels fairy tales are being changed enough over the years and this is another change that she feels it should be left alone not the short of you isn't that but that's the uh, advert anyway coming from Norway for their postal service and I meant to mention this earlier but can we say hello and well done to everybody in North Cork Creameries in Kentuck because a new butter brand or real Irish butter it's been launched by them and it's, the launch took place on the farm of Morage and Morty Lucy in Kenturk who are milk suppliers to North Cork Creameries and or of course the Irish word for gold it's already won awards and recently won gold in the dairy butter category of the 2021 Blossom Heron Awards so well done to them uh, they were finalists as well in 2019 and 2020 but uh, a great uh, gold Q accolade as well for the uh, group who won the overall national gold Q accolade at the Irish Quality Food Awards in 2019 and at the Great Taste Awards in both 2019 and 2020. That butter is available in super value stores nationwide. Uh, but well done to all involved with that. And great to see local brands. Uh, we have so many of them here in the Cork area. So great to see another one at uh, this time coming from the North Cork Creameries in Canturk. So well done to everybody there involved in that. And I know during the last week and over the last weekend, we were mentioning about a fundraiser that was, that was going ahead in Clondrohot Hall. It was a fundraiser for Clondrohot Hall. It was due to go ahead in the hall uh, with music. That has been postponed. It was due to take place this Friday evening. It's been postponed due to the rising numbers in COVID and they are going to reschedule. So they're asking people if you've purchased tickets for that, hang on to your tickets and they will let us know when that concert will be rescheduled. 1850-333-103. If you have a pet question for Jane, she joins us after 12.30. Text or WhatsApp 086. 2103103 our Garda file next and Premier League live it's back this Saturday on C103.ie with Trevor Welch powered by Talk Sport we'll bring you live coverage of Arsenal taking on Newcastle United at 12.30 Crystal Palace and Aston Villa at 3 and Brighton take on Leeds at 5.30 the Premier League live online with now stream live Premier League action with a now sports or sports extra membership listen Saturdays on the C103 app or go to C103.ie listen 
C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. Duke's Heritage Clonakilty will hold the November lecture on Zoom this evening at 8 o'clock. Dr. Donald Odriskiol of UCC will speak about Tigberry and the Irish Revolution. Members will receive login details by email and membership is free. You can check their Facebook page for more information. Kildallery Community Development will hold their weekly lotto draw that's taking place this afternoon at 4pm in the community office and this week's jackpot there is €1,100. And Kilmurray Historical and Archaeological Society and Association. They will hold their first journal launch. It's happening this Friday at 8 o'clock at the Independence Museum in Kilmurray. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. And on the PUP and how the government now are not going to reintroduce this, especially for those affected in the hospitality sector, Anne is in the city and says she worked in a job for 40 years and then at the age of 64 she did a course and got another job in the tourism sector. So there is no reason to be afraid of changing jobs, says Anne. There are loads of jobs out there and no excuse for people to be getting the PUP payment, says Anne in the city. It's 1850 And to this week's Garda Fud, and we're joined by Sergeant John Kelly from Fermoy Garda Station. Good afternoon to you, John. Good afternoon, John Paul. And you Thanks want to start, uh, thank you for joining us, and you want to start, first of all, with an appeal we made earlier on the week here on this show. This is regarding the car you were looking for following a break-in in Kanturk. That's on Monday last, uh, there, John Paul, and it's a silver 3 series BMW. Now, the plates on that car at the time were 11 D for Delta 39144. Now, there was four occupants in that car, all male, all wearing masks, and uh, peak caps. Now, it was linked there to a crime uh, there in in Kentuck where some um, an amount of money and some jewellery were taken. Now, having left Kentuck, that car went uh, by, by back roads and ended up uh, there crashing into a car on a country road um, coming up there to Lee's Bally Hay. Um, it reversed uh, to have been heading for the railway gates with the main road. It reversed and was travelling at speed at the time. There was some damage done to the front uh, of that car, which is probably, it may have been fixed up now, but they they reversed and was last seen direction, going in that direction of this car, and we have no uh, news on it subsequently. So, again, if anybody has dash cam footage relating to, that's the Monday last, and uh, the period in question, and uh, that break in occurred about 3.30 in the afternoon. But, that car could have been on the footage uh, maybe for an hour or two before that, uh, you know, before before that incident. And it could also have been uh, maybe seen in the North Cork area in the days, in the days prior to, to the incident, as we are aware that it was being used, you know, regarding other incidents as well. So any information that the public have on that, the Gardaí at Mallow, 022-21105, or indeed it can talk, 029-20680. We'd be very grateful for anything the public might have on that. So dash cams, anybody check your dash cams just in case you have anything on that and were in those areas. So uh, is it strange, John, that something like this would happen where a car can just more or less disappear like in this situation? 
Uh, no, it would be. It it could be a case of uh, that the car, uh, you know, has been housed somewhere. Mm, true. Uh, mm. it, it, it's been kept offside. Sometimes the, the cars might even be dropped in large car parks. You know, um, and indeed would would have different fall, would have different plates on it at this, at this stage as well. You know. So keep a look out. Anyhow, the damage on the so car would be one something to be aware of. Be be aware of, and if there is any uh, sightings of it, you know, just to contact. Uh, your your local guard station. Um, now, I suppose with with crime, we have seen uh, different crime gangs op- operating around the North Cork area. But this this is one car that they're using at the moment. Um, uh, coming coming up to Christmas anyway, you know. Okay. Um, you I want to give I, I, a warning, John, when you mention crimes there and fraud. Uh, this is to do with chemists and to look out for shoplifters. Yeah, to look out for shoplifters. I mean, we're coming up to the Christmas and, uh, you know, I, I definitely uh, chemists and pharmacies, you know, where they have the boxed gift sets, you know, of, of perfumery and, uh, or you know, aftershave sets and everything like that. They are prove very, very popular with shoplifters every year. Um, and I'm just asking pharmacists, really, uh, you know, to consider the displays that are putting up and how close to the door they are. Now, I know with merchandising, you have to sell your product. You know, but just be very, very careful of uh, the displays you put up that you still have an aspect of natural surveillance over the shop. Because I am aware of uh, a situation where one uh, well-known shoplifter has already kind of advertised the fact that uh, they're they're taking their shopping list now, you know. Oh, yeah, um, that they've said it openly that they're... Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, we heard of it before, yeah, and I have heard of it this year. And they just walk into the opening of the shop door and, and, and take the gift yeah. set and run? Basically, yes, I've seen that happening. Yeah, they used uh, sometimes you'd see the file line bags being used as well. You know, so for people to be very, very much aware of uh, the displays they have and make sure that they have uh, at at peak times that they have enough staff on the floor to to watch their product. You know. Okay, and finally, scam bank texts are still doing the rounds. The latest one claiming to be from Bank of Ireland that is hitting people in the last week, John. Yeah, well, I mean, it's happening with banks in general, you know. But I mean, with with, I I, I suppose coming in on their uh, coming in on what appears to be a legitimate trade. You know, I had one myself yesterday. Even coming in, uh, telling you, oh, you have to complete your transaction, uh, input input this code. You know, so look for people. You know, ignore any text messages that are get getting on what would otherwise be a legitimate trade. Um, uh, it's just something that that's happening. You know, with a with a lot of banks at the moment and just for people to be very very much aware of it do not follow any instructions given in any text message uh, to to uh, link to uh, yeah, any bank you know, because as you say they come in that thread that text absolutely. thread but I, uh, we have a, a work phone here for the show it came into that and that phone is linked with nothing to do with the bank whatsoever it's simply for, for work purposes for the show but I mean it looks so real because there must have been another one came in a few months ago and you would think by looking at this when it says BOI it is from Bank of Ireland but it's not so just to make people aware as well who may not be aware of this and uh, vulnerable people who could get caught very easily because it's very cleverly done it's very cleverly done, yeah. And and just for people to be aware of it, coming up to Christmas, I mean, every year it's the same, you know, the, that there's going to be attempts to, to part you from your money in some shape, manner or form. Uh, you, you know, the criminals are always looking for an opportunity, uh, you know, with bank fees and everything now and maybe with negative interest rates. Please resist the temptation of taking money out, you know, and keeping it in the, keeping it in the house. You know, you, 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 you know, because something like that is going to, you know, attract 
attract criminals. You know, uh, beware as well if you're shopping, uh, you know, of uh, putting the stuff into the boot of the car and be seen to do it. And obviously, of taking out large amounts of money and keeping it in a handbag or otherwise that you're going around town. Use electronic means where possible. You, you'll have to buy for things and just be just be very careful. OK, John, well, thank you for that. And we'll chat again uh, next week with the Garda file for the moment. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, John Paul. And that is Sergeant John Kelly there at Fermoy Garda Station on Garth Brooks and those five concerts now in Crow Park next year. As we mentioned earlier in the show, John and Carrigaline, though, uh, mixed views on these uh, concerts going ahead from people today. But John feels that he needs now to play five nights in Dublin at least because he feels income must have been low for them and for all live music over the last two years. So he needs the supports. And why are they all in Dublin? Because somebody was asking earlier and I mentioned, is it easier to keep the gear in one place? And John is reckoning, yes, not expensive to move gears and venues around the place and maybe a good man to Garth Brooks. It's all about his pocket. Does he really care about the paddy? No, he just get the money and run back uh, says John in Carrigaline uh, on a text 0862103103 so not a lot of love for Garth Brooks regarding those five concerts going ahead some people delighted some people queuing up for tickets as we heard earlier online and then people have mixed views over what happened the last time and now as he said he didn't think he'd do five again but he is and by the way, a few calls coming in from Inneskeen and the Banaline area. And I just see a text and a WhatsApp here from Councillor Declan Hurley. So just to avoid any confusion on this, the public toilets in Banaline and Inneskeen villages, they are currently being demolished, but they're being demolished to make way for new and modern public toilets for the village. You would have heard we dealt with those uh, toilets on the show uh, a good few times. Um, this was mainly due to antisocial behaviour and the toilets being ruined and not fit for purpose while they're being demolished to new ones around the way and this is uh, coming from a €60,000 allocation for the refurbishment of the old toilets it's still ring-fenced but it was decided that the new build would be more practical so an additional €19,000 has been allocated to design new public toilets in Banaline and in Eskeen and a new design for the new toilets is being planned and will be presented to the community early next year but if people are looking on uh, what is happening uh, the current uh, toilets which I suppose many would say are fit for purpose maybe uh, they are being demolished in Banaline and in the scheme today and also on coming in on text and this is something we might touch back on tomorrow's show and your views are welcome on this uh, Mary has been on to say I was going through Ben LeBlow last Saturday night and there was huge crowds there and they were all doing wheelies and wheelies is in the car they were turning the cars around fast and doing wheelies on the middle of the road. And maybe I would reckon around 60 to 70 cars all in the area from one crossroads uh, towards the monument in Bailnablaw. And they were doing the wheelies at a crossroads intersection. But it was very, very frightening. Not the first time this has happened. Uh, Mary on a text to 0862103103. So anybody else cop this if you were travelling late last Saturday night in the Bailnablaw area? Uh, if if you were and came across this let us know maybe it's happening elsewhere but that issue of wheelies uh, back again uh, that hasn't been happening for a while well we heard anyhow but it obviously is happening there again in Ben Nablo we'll get back to that issue on the show tomorrow but your pet questions are welcome now because Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket she will join us next if you have a question for Jane 1850 333103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103 Record today on C103 Call Patricia
Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And regarding Garth Brooks and John and Carrigaline's view on it, well, a lot of texts in. One uh, summoning it up saying, I think that text to John is unfair on Garth Brooks. He kept ticket prices the same as 2014. And yeah, in fairness, he did. And when we checked in with Aiken, they did say and confirm that those prices are the same as they were in 2014. So people don't agree with John. And then Anne uh, on text when we were speaking regarding the scam text from supposedly supposed to be from Bank of Ireland uh, and says I just got one of those texts as you were talking to the Guardian on that it said there was suspicious activity on my account but I am not even a Bank of Ireland customer so beware uh, people those Bank of Ireland uh, texts are on and doing the rounds again says Anne and your pet questions are welcome on 1850 you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 because Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group joins us. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, John Paul. And first of all, a lot of questions in and this is from John in Cork and John is wondering, he is a miniature Yorkie. Now the Yorkie, Jane, is two years old and uh, the problem here is it's constantly barking. It never stops and John is wondering how can he stop this miniature Yorkie from barking? Okay. It depends on what situation the barking is occurring in. If it's happening incessantly all of the time, then you might just have a very vocal dog. But if it's happening, let's say, at times where it's not being engaged or interacted with, so it's not kind of being played with or gone for walks, if it's happening when it's, let's say, having quiet time, then it may be that this little dog may not be having enough mental stimulation. A lot of the time, behavioural issues, um, like let's say excessive barking or destruction or destructive behaviours in the house, like eating the leg of the sofa and all that kind of crack, a lot of the time it's because of boredom. So dogs really are incredibly intelligent creatures and need a lot of mental stimulation and they need a lot of exercise as well. It's like having having a kid that, you know, would be cooped up in a cooped up in a a, a room and not being able to, to go out and run around and play. You know, they have a lot of energy, particularly when they're young, like this dog is at two years of age. What I'd recommend is really focused on thinking, well, how can I provide kind of mental enrichment for this dog? So lots of playing with the family, um, toys that require some interaction. So I, I usually think stuffed toys where they have to kind of work a little bit to get the treats is a really great idea and can provide a lot of entertainment. But also interaction with the family. So uh, a decent amount of kind of normal training. So let's say the basic commands of sit, stay, lie down, and then getting onto the funkier ones of, you know, um, give the paw and jump around and things like that. That is really helpful from a training point of view because it gives you kind of a certain amount of uh, control with your dog, particularly when they're out and about. But it's actually really rewarding for the pets themselves because they're interacting with you, but also it's working that brain. They're figuring things out, they're learning, and that may settle them a little bit. Um, I think as well, getting an adequate amount of exercise daily is really, really important for their mental well-being and to ensure that behaviourally, that you know, that's not what might be causing issues. So make sure they get at least two really nice walks a day. And also, it's not just kind of power walking in a straight line. Really important thing for dogs in particular is sniff walks. So allowing them to engage in this kind of sniffing behaviour that they have on walks. A lot of the time, they might feel like it's very stop and start. But when they're sniffing, they're kind of engaging with the environment, learning about all of that information, taking it in and processing it. Again, kind of mental enrichment and um, getting getting that brain working. You may find that if you focus on those things, things may settle a little bit. 
they'll burst off a little bit of energy and they'll also have a bit for their brain to be processing on their downtime. Um, but I think really it is a case of figuring out not what the problem is and how to solve it, but figuring out what's underlying it that you might need to settle down. If those things don't work, I would, wouldn't hesitate to speak to your vet about who they'd recommend as a veterinary behaviourist. But make sure that you're attending somebody that's appropriately qualified and experienced um, that can give you safe advice for your pet. But best look, I'm sure it's something that could be sorted. It might just require a little bit of work. OK, hopefully that helps you there, John. And two eye questions here, uh, Jane. The first one from Irene in Carrick Tool, who says her puppy's right eye suddenly just won't open. It's like the eyelid is covering the eye. Could it be an infection or something? Okay, this little puppy needs to go to the vet. There's a multitude of things that could be going on here from an infection that's gumming the eyelids together to a severe problem with the eye or any eye trauma that's causing us to, to close that eye down. If you think about ourselves, if we had a sore eye or an eye infection or an eye injury, a lot of the time the last thing we'll want to do is open our eye because our eyelid performs a kind of a protective function. So I think there is definitely something going on with this puppy. It may be maybe something, nothing easily solved by your vet, but it could also be more serious. I wouldn't hesitate to say that you should attend your vet sooner rather than later with this little puppy to see what the problem is and get them appropriately treated. And Leanne is in Toker. Now, her dog has a red spot in his eye. He's a seven-year-old Labrador. Now, she's assuming he got it while he was out playing and got the injury there. He doesn't seem to be in any pain. He's acting as normal. And she's not sure if the eye will heal or not on its own. Okay, a red spot on the eye. So this this could be a number of things. It could be, let's say, uh, an area of irritation on the white of the eye, so the part of the eye called the sclera. Um or it, it could be, let's say, a little blood vessel um, that might have got damaged, as you say, kind of in rough play. Either way, I would suspect that there may have been some trauma involved, possibly, as you say, out playing. And this one definitely needs a visit to the vet. Now, it could just be something and nothing, given that the dog is otherwise well and comfortable in the eye. But what I would say is either magical things, they can heal very quickly, but also deteriorate very quickly. So it's really important to get on top of them. My particular concern with this little dog is just ruling in or out, whether it has a scratch on the eye called an ulcer, because that's something that would certainly most likely need a visit to the vet um, and further treatment. This test that your vet can do to see whether there is a, a scratch on the surface of the eye normally will use a little dye that's bright orange called fluorescein and makes them look very funny for, for a few hours before it, it goes away. But that usually gives us an answer and lets us know if we need to use any medication or take any further action. So even though the dog seems fine, I definitely still see your vet because eyes can be a little bit tricky at times and it's best to err on the side of caution. OK, and on WhatsApp, uh, hi Jane, we have a 10-week-old Labrador. Now, should he be taken for walks daily, he has the run of the field where he goes to the toilet and he has shown uh, sniffing around the field and everything like that. But sh- should we be taking him on walks? OK, well, first of all, congratulations on your new arrival. But the one thing I'd say is make sure your pet is fully vaccinated before you're letting them out and about, let's say, having the run of the field and taking them out for walks. It depends on what vaccination has been given as regards what vaccination brand your vet will have used. So it's best to contact um, your vet to let them let them know that you're, you're ready to take your pet out for walks. And is it safe for you to do so? Because very much like with the COVID vaccine, um, puppy vaccinations, there is a little bit of a lag period while the immunity builds up. So we need to wait normally between two and three weeks um, after the second vaccination before they can go absolutely everywhere. Some vaccination plans you can do a little bit earlier, but check with your vet. That's the first thing I'd say. Double check your vaccination status. 
Secondly, I would just be a little bit wary. You have got a lovely little Labrador on your hands and that's going to become a big dog. Yes, they need exercise, but avoid the temptation to over-exercise them at this age because we know particularly in large breed dogs, need to be a little bit careful. They will run and run and want to go for lots of exercise, but they can sometimes cause a little bit too much stress on their joints, particularly when they're a, a young dog like this. So for a 10-week-old puppy, I will be taking them for kind of for, for no more than, let's say, a 5 to 10-minute kind of very gentle walk two to three times a day. Um, that will be an absolute maximum. Um, but I would say at that age, they're still very young. A lot of the time kind of in the home environment, you can have a, engage in a little bit of slow play with them. Little and often is the best thing to do with these puppies and just avoid taking them for, for longer walks because their joints won't yet be able to kind of handle that pressure yet. Okay, Jane, good advice and thank you as always and we'll chat to you next Thursday on the programme. That is Jane Pickett there of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. And we spoke earlier about seed potatoes in Ireland now uh, in doubt about importing seed potatoes from Scotland. A lot of that due to Brexit and people were surprised that we do because presumably we, we a lot of us thought we had our own seed potatoes here in this country but we don't uh, Michael in Castletown Bear says JP Donegal was famous for its seed potatoes who could forget the Aaron Banner uh, says Michael in Castletown Bear we'll chat to you tomorrow morning from 10am where we'll be hearing more about the National Lottery bosses how they could be hauled before the Dole Committee well, thanks to Bernie who produced I'm John Paul McNamara enjoy your Thursday A lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.